Good morning, Recro Church. I welcome you to this, our very last online service for this COVID-19 lockdown period. Uh, It's amazing to think that it has been 175 days today, 175 days since we last met in person on the 15th of March. We uh, stopped meeting a week before Uh, the government told us to stop meeting. And so we've actually had 29 online services, if you include the services around Easter. Um, Just a remarkable thing. And and I want to say thank you to you guys. I think you guys have been amazing for all the ways that you have stayed connected during this extended period of time, which isn't over yet, but is about to change for us. You know, you guys have stayed connected through the YouTube uh, channel. So many of you guys have been watching online using YouTube. Some of that was new technology for you. Some people I even know got new devices so that they could watch the online services. Many of you have had to work out data issues. Some of you have bought data for others. Uh, just great. So many of you connected via YouTube. And so many of you listen, and you're listening still today on uh, audio uh, with our WhatsApp group, sending an audio version of the service. Uh, give yourself a round of applause. So great to, to just note the massive effort over 175 days that you guys have made to stay connected. I think of uh, all the WhatsApp prayer meetings that are still going on, such life. I feel like the one that I'm part of uh, on a Wednesday morning with the men, just growing even now in the sense of worship and the presence of God, our Sunday morning one, I know the women's one, I'm not part of that. So great to have those ways that we've been connecting and the Zoom prayer meeting on Thursday, a slightly smaller group of people, but a real sense of connection amongst us. I think of all the community groups and all the various ways you guys have uh, pioneered to stay connected with one another and, uh, and just the great effort that our community group leaders have, have gone to to keep you guys connected with one another. I want to say well done to all those community group leaders. Why don't you reach out to them today and show them some love and some thanks for all that they've done during this period. I think of our love in action, uh, the many weeks of soup kitchens and feeding the children on the field and Loving the community, the wider community, the connection that we had, those who served on all of those Saturdays, and uh, the, the Love in Action work party at Seed of Hope. Again, such a sense of joy in being together and serving during that time. I think of all the Bible reading plan devotions, all the conversations on the Going Deeper group, uh, uh, all the, t- all the um, devotions that have been written that you guys have been reading. Um, I think of lots and lots of messages and phone calls and visits and people doing shopping for one another. You guys have been amazing. Uh, so we really thank God for the way that he's kept us. I remember preaching uh, on the 22nd of March, uh, the Lord our keeper. And uh, I know that we as a church have been trusting God, uh, knowing that he's the one who keeps us. We really have experienced that during this pandemic. And, uh, but I also want to say thank you to you for the way that you have intentionally stayed connected and, uh, and we've moved on and gone deeper in God during this time. Amazing. But it's so exciting to be able to stand here today knowing that this is the last pre-recorded service that we're going to be doing because there is going to be a new normal from next week. 
so exciting to be able to transition to a new way of meeting. So this will be our last of our pre-recorded services. And from next week, we'll be doing live services. And you will have four ways that you'll be able to connect with those live services. Firstly, you'll be able to be in person participating in the live service if you come to the building. Secondly, you'll be able to participate live, not pre-recorded, but live on Facebook. We're going to be using Facebook to stream the live service for a whole number of technical reasons. So you could be in the building, you could be live in the building, live on Facebook, or you can still, if you've been participating, or if you should not come to the building for whatever reason, you can still participate in the audio service. It's going to be slightly delayed about an hour after the meeting finishes, but we'll still send the audio service to you uh, on that WhatsApp group. Or if you can't participate in the service live in person or live on Facebook, it'll be recorded and you'll be able to still watch on YouTube and on Facebook. So I'm so glad that we're transitioning to a new normal from uh, next week Sunday and so we'll send out some details to you this week on all the things that you need to know if you're planning on coming to the building uh, and also how you can connect uh, going forward because it is going to be changing. The staff team have been preparing for our in-person meetings and uh, we want to assure you that it's going to be safe that uh, we've taken precautions, we've added uh, new, new things in the building so that the meetings can be as safe as possible for you. And we've got a brand new team, our streaming team, that are going to make it possible for us to uh, stream those services live to you, making it as real as possible, to, to make it feel like you are actually there in the building. And so I want to encourage you to... Uh, to, to, to decide which of the four ways are you going to be connecting and, uh, and let, let us know if you're having any problems so that we can help you with that. So our new normal starts from next week Sunday and this is our last of our pre-recorded services. Just one notice uh, today before I hand over to Rob is our Love in Action uh, work party at Seed of Hope. That's this Saturday uh, coming. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, a whole bunch of us uh, did great work. We spent a morning there at Seed of Hope preparing two rooms for local entrepreneurs to use for their businesses. Well, we haven't quite finished, and so we're going to be going back this Saturday from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, and I want to encourage you to come and join us for that. Such a fantastic opportunity to, to reach out, to be with one another, and to love people in our community in action. So join us this, uh, this Saturday. Get in touch with the church office if you need any information about that. We're going to transition now to a time of prayer. Uh, as I've reflected on our various uh, um, online services and just what's happened in lockdown, one of the great wins has been a real growth in prayer in us as a community of faith. And Rob is going to lead us in a time of prayer now in our service. So over to you, Rob. Oh, thank you, Gareth. Um, we are now going to go to a time of prayer. Uh, I would like us to pray for, for two things this morning. First of all, we would like to pray for Ifracom Church. And uh, today is their first 
Sunday meeting, uh, as they meeting physically in the church building, and God has given them enough time during the time of uh, lockdown to uh, prepare the soil, to fertilize the soil, and uh, as you um, can just um, witness with me that this past uh, few days has been like rain coming down. For me, it was like, wow, this is showing a kind of a new season that uh, it's ready for the seed to be planted. Let's just pray for them today as they're preaching the word of God. I know there will be there are a lot of uh, new visitors that will be coming. People have been asking them, when are you guys opening it up, uh, the meetings? So today is the day, and uh, we are so excited with uh, Tulani and the leadership team down there in Ifrakom. Um, if you can just um, take this moment and just stand up and join me as I pray for Ifrakom. Lord Jesus, I pray today uh, for Ifrakom. Thank you, Jesus, for uh, Rekro Church in Ifrakom. And even for this time, that has been so difficult, where uh, sometimes it was even hard to reach to people because of darters and all other things. And that's why we are so excited this morning for this great opportunity that they can meet again. Thank you, Lord, for your provision, uh, for your faithfulness, Lord God, in people's lives, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for people that are hungry, Lord God, to hear your word. Even as I meet today, I pray for your anointing of Atulani as a preaching this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We are so excited for everything that you're doing in that church. I pray even as we're going forward, as we uh, looking uh, forward to even see the windows and doors in, installed in that building, Lord God. And thank you, Lord, for providing for that church. We give you praise and honor for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And we are so excited even for this church just to hear the news uh, from Garrett that um, next Sunday, the 13th, is our first Sunday where we're meeting together uh, physically here in the building, although um, we'll be doing live on Facebook as well. But um, we are so excited, even with this news about community groups, like, for instance, last week, um, this week, Wednesday, we had uh, two community groups meeting in our church building, and it's uh, such a great uh, time that we can be able to see each other. And uh, I just would like us to pray for, for wisdom to our community group leaders as they gather um, their, their members and also for each and every person that will see those up, in and out happening. People will be connected to God, connected to each other, and be on mission together. And we will see uh, much growth that's happening spiritually and in all other ways. Lord God, we, we thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, for level two that is opening up more opportunities for us that we can even able to meet as community groups, Lord God. And we know that we've been restricted for for, for, for too long, and we are so excited for this opportunity. I pray as we apply wisdom, as Lord God, as we uh, follow the safety rules, Lord God, but it, there will be nothing that will hinder us, Lord God, from growing together, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that these discipleship moments, that now it's open up for, for all of us that can be still happening, Lord God, in our lives, Lord God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your people will be blessed and your church will grow in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that as we're having the Sunday meetings, Lord God, happening in, in our church building and also live on Facebook, that will be nothing that can be able to stand 
and on your way, Lord God, of reaching to your people in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you glory and we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for this morning that we can be able to come together and hear your word in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you glory and praise for who you are and what you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Rob, for leading us in that time of prayer. Uh, We're going to delight in in a time of worship right now with Cindy and the band leading us. And I want to encourage you, if you're listening, if you're participating to the service, uh, sitting on a couch somewhere or even lying in bed, why don't you stand up? We serve a mighty King. We worship Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, stand up and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you right now and pray that God would speak to you, that, that you, would, you would see Jesus high and lifted up, even in this time of worship that's just on a screen. Uh, so why don't you stand up, join with me as we pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for the way that you've kept us over these many days, these 175 days since we last met in person. And right now, Lord, as we're online again, Lord, as we're still in this strange scenario where we're not together worshiping, Father, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would, you would touch the life of each person, that Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would show each one of us Jesus, that as we sing these songs of worship, they wouldn't just be songs on our lips, but Lord, that you would have our whole hearts. Lord Jesus, be glorified and magnified, I pray. In Jesus' name. Good morning, Recroat family. It's such a privilege to be able to meet again virtually. Um, We're counting down days to when we can really meet physically again. And just this week, it's just been a bit of a challenging week for me. And I was trying to strengthen my spirit and just encourage myself. And I was listening to a popular song that we might have all known, um, The Blessing by Carrie Job. And I was just reading about the scripture that the song is based on. And I found it in Numbers 6 from verse 24 to 27. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And just as I was reading that scripture, I really felt as though the Holy Spirit was praying over me. And so we're going to be doing the song together for the first time in our church today. And why don't you just join us in in worshiping God together. Amen. Lord, turn. 
found in you. We thank you, Lord, that we can call upon your name as this next song suggests that when we call upon your name, the righteous can run in and they will be saved. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Cindy, and, and the team for leading us in worship. Today, we've got the great privilege of having Greg Kasim preach for us. Uh, we asked Greg to preach uh, today for us. Uh, we had Greg preach for us almost exactly a year ago. Some of you will remember that. Well, Greg uh, has planted a church. It's remarkable. Uh, Hope Church was planted in Montclair just a week before lockdown. And, uh, and amazingly, they have pressed through and carried on going with the work. I joined them just the other day. I was in the parking lot. Uh, they're doing drive-in church, uh, setting up in the front, cars coming in uh, um, and participating in that sort of way. Uh, I just want to commend Greg to you. Greg's on our Church Planters Mentorship Program with Rob and I. He's just an excellent guy. So why don't you open your heart to to Greg and to God's Word. We know that God's Word is living, God's Word is active, God's Word gets right down to the issues of our heart and exposes those issues and then helps us with them as well. So uh, over to you, Greg. God bless you. Well, good morning, Recro Church. Uh, greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. It's great to be back with you. Uh, even though it's virtual, very excited to be sharing uh, once again the message of the gospel with you guys. I uh, really miss you, uh, but it's my honor and privilege uh, once again to come to you this morning and just to share the glorious gospel. Uh, thanks so much uh, to Gareth uh, for allowing me the opportunity just to come and speak to you this morning. Uh, well, just a little bit about what's going on on our side of the world uh, with Hope Church. As you guys know, you've been praying for us and you've been supporting us uh, throughout this journey. Uh, We've launched on the 1st of March, so Hope Church is now six months old. And even though the pandemic has hit us, we want to thank God that in spite of everything that has happened, that the church is still moving forward, the church is still striving. Uh, we've got people uh, coming uh, into the fold. We're doing some discipleship training. Uh, so God has been good. And when the lockdown was lifted, the restrictions were lifted, uh, we started our drive-through services. So we get people coming on a weekly basis just doing drive-through church, and we're just preaching the gospel, and we set up uh, our stuff outside, and people are just excited to hear the word of the Lord. So we want to thank God for his goodness. We want to thank God for his mercy and his grace. I'm just going to share a pray, short prayer, and then we're going to go straight into the word of the Lord this morning. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, which is sufficient. Lord, I pray for everyone that is listening this morning, Lord God. I pray that your word, Father God, will hide in their hearts so that they will not sin against you. I pray that somebody will be encouraged by your word this morning. pray that somebody will be blessed, Lord, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace. Anyway, uh, this morning, I just want to speak to you real quick uh, from the book of Philippians. Uh, but before we go into that, I just want to share a few thoughts. I was reading some stuff by Charles Spurgeon. And somebody once said that the gospel is always drowned out more easily in peacetime. But when it comes to a pandemic, that's not the case. Uh, people are more ready. People are more acceptable uh, to hear the gospel. And back in the day when cholera, when there was an outbreak of cholera, uh, this is what Charles Spurgeon had to say to the church. He said the following, he said, now is the time for all of you who love souls. You may see men more alarmed than they are already. And if they should be, mind that you avail yourself of the opportunity of doing them good. You have the balm of Gilead. When their wounds smart, pour it in, he says. You know of him who died to save. Tell them about him. 
lift high the cross before their eyes. Tell them that God became man so that man might be lifted to God. Tell them of Calvary and its groans and cries and sweats of blood. Tell them of Jesus hanging on the cross to save sinners. Tell them that there is life for all those who look to the cross. Tell them that he is able to save to the uttermost all of them that come to God through Jesus Christ. Tell them that he is able to save even at the 11th hour and to say to the dying thief, today you will be with me in paradise. So what Spurgeon is basically encouraging the church to do is in the midst of what we are going through this pandemic, we must point people to Jesus. We must lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Moving along, uh, this morning we're reading from Philippians chapter 1 verses 27 and then we're going to read a few verses from chapter 2. Paul speaking to the Philippians and this is what he says. He says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Chapter 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. One more scripture. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So this morning, church, there is a lot to chew on here, but I just want to highlight three things and hopefully conclude with some application. Uh, Just to summarize the passage here, we see Paul urging the Philippians to follow Jesus' example, and he starts off by telling them that their lives should be consistent with good news about the Messiah, right? So point number one, Paul is appealing for steadfastness and unity in the face of opposition, right? He's telling them, I know your living conditions are hostile. I know the experiences that you are currently going through, and I know that you are being persecuted 
for the faith, but he asked them to remain steadfast, right? He, he's saying to them, I know that you are citizens of Philippi, but I want to remind you of your true citizenship, your citizenship which is in heaven. So you must live in a manner worthy of the gospel. He then goes on to tell them to stand firm in the spirit, in one spirit, with one mind, for the faith and for the gospel. He asked them to contend together. So Paul is basically calling for unity here. So there's a beautiful quote uh, by Moitza. He says, Unity is not just a useful weapon against the world, but rather it belongs to the very essence of the Christian life. The Bible says where there is unity, God commands a blessing. So we see here Paul urging the believers in Philippi to walk and live in unity. You and I must fight against the culture of individualism and private faith. What does that mean? There are a lot of people who attend church these days, but they say things like this, my faith is private between myself and God alone. But when we look at the scriptures, we see an opposite picture. If we go back to the book of Acts, if we look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and prayers. And the Bible says, All came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and, and, and belongings and distributing Sorry, and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as had as many as as need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we see in the early church that people came together. There was a oneness. There was a oneness of mind. There was a oneness of hearts. And there was a oneness of spirit. People did not have lack. People did not have needs because everybody was walking in oneness. So... We don't see individualism existing in the early church, but we see it existing now in the 21st century. If we go back and we look at the old men of the faith, like Martin Luther, for example, in his time, people were fearful of dying because they were afraid whether they were going to go to hell. So the question of eternity was always in the back of their minds. But now in the 21st century, in the way in which we're living, people are not afraid uh, to go to bed without concerning themselves about what's going to happen with them tomorrow. So what we are basically seeing is that we are currently living in modern times, right? There's something called modernity, and we are seeing various shifts that are taking place with regards to modernity. We now have a generation of Christians whose faith is privately engaging, but it is publicly irrelevant, right? As I said previously, a lot of people say that my faith is private, but we don't see that in the book of Acts. Now, point number two, with regards to the shift of modernity, we have the Christian faith, which is now fragmented, and it is not integrated, right? There are, we, we live our lives where Christianity is part of us, and we don't necessarily find our full identity in Jesus Christ. 
And we also have seen the shift from authority to preference, where people now say that truth is relative. But there was a time, and, they, in, in the, and in the yesteryear, where the conditions of belief were different, where people took the Bible as the authority of God. But now we live in a season where people say truth is relative. So this is the effects that we are seeing with regards to modernity. And this morning, I want to encourage you to abandon the profession of being a tourist when it comes to the kingdom of God. This morning, I want to encourage you to abandon your profession of being a tourist when it comes to the kingdom of God. Why? Because tourists are not rooted in the places they visit. They're just passing through. They are just looking. They are only there for pleasures and entertainment. They are unrelated to any of their fellow travelers. They contribute nothing to the country that they are visiting except for their cold cash, right? Because they are only there to look and to take in a fresh set of experiences. Tourists never stay. They are always on the move. And in the kingdom of God, we have to be rooted. We are one family. And I found a beautiful poem by a guy by the name of Mike Green. He talks about being a tourist. And he says, tourists, that's what we are becoming. We move through life, fitting from idea to idea, from novelty to novelty, from new person to new person, never settling, always moving, selecting the best sites, the highlights, the choice cuts, avoiding the mess on the edge of the town, the slums and the uncomfortable things, avoiding the mess on the edge of the town, the slums and the uncomfortable things, the struggle of really knowing people. We are never settling, we are always moving, lest we hear the hollow clang of our own emptiness. Tourists, that's what we are becoming. Inquisitive, curious, picking up the tidbits of other people's depths. Tourists, flicking through our snapshots, the paper-thin trophies of our click and run existence. Tourists, that's what we are becoming. We have to fight against individualism. And we need to fight and defend the unity. In chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, Paul says this, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and one mind. We see a further call for unity here by Paul. Paul's repetition of the subject not only underlines its importance, but it lifts it to a higher level. Paul is making a personal plea. Complete my joy, he says. He wants his joy completed by successful gospel advance in Philippi. He says, complete my joy by being what? By being like-minded. Have the same mindset. By maintaining the same love and by being together in soul and purpose. And if there's ever a time where the church needs to be united, it is now. You know, we are currently living in a pandemic. You know, a lot of people have been shaken by the circumstances. A lot of people have become despondent. A lot of people are struggling in their faith. But as Paul encouraged the church in Philippi, I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you, Rick Rhodes, defend the unity. Be of one mind, be of one heart and come together so that the gospel can advance in the midst of a pandemic. Paul then encourages them to do nothing out of selfishness or vain conceits because he knows that selfish ambition hinders God's purposes. Paul understood that if these attitudes are allowed to go unchecked, the believing community in Philippi was heading for serious trouble. 
He then points to Christ's example of humility. In chapter 2, verses 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, this does not necessarily mean that you see yourself as better than others, but the idea here is rather to be more preoccupied with the interests of other people. Having this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. The Bible says, by taking on the form of a servant and be born in the likeness of men. Now, there's a lot of meat here, so I'm just going to try break it up piece by piece so that we can have a better understanding. God emptied himself. That's a very big statement. God emptied himself. Now, Augustine says that he emptied himself not by losing what he was, but by taking to him what he was not. Wow. He took on the form of a servant. The purpose of the change was obedient service. He took on the form of a slave. He became obedient to the point of death. Christ possessed the immortality which belongs to God alone. He subjected his immortality to death. Nothing was held back. Everything was given up. The hero dies for the villains. So the most vile person that you know on the face of the earth, Jesus Christ died for them. He died for me. He died for you. We've committed sins, some which we are even afraid to repeat. Jesus died for the most vile person. He took on him the form of a servant. What a strange thing. What a strange thing. After Jesus, is, after Jesus rises and is exalted as Lord of all, he is given a name, the Bible says, that is above every other name. So we see Jesus conquering death for me. He conquered death for you. So Paul is painting the picture here. He's saying, hey, Jesus Christ, the exalted one, the one who shared glory. You know, even as Jesus prayed in the book of John, he said, Father, glorify me with the glory which I had with you before the world began. This Jesus we are talking about, he took upon him the form of a servant. So Paul is saying here that we must walk in humility. We must follow the example of Jesus. The Bible says that at that name, Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a name we have, church. We have the name of Jesus. We can call upon the name of Jesus. You know, last week I was preaching in church and in the Old Testament we see God goes by many different names. It goes by the name of El Shaddai, it goes by the name of Yahweh, it goes by the name of Jehovah. And many of us only view God from one, from one vantage point. We see him as El Shaddai, we see him as God on the mountain, we see him as all-powerful. But many of us don't know him as Yahweh, the God who is for us, the God that is with us in the desert, the God that is with us in our trials and tribulations. And we might be going through uh, 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 some challenges right now. Some of us might be even struggling with sickness. Some of us might be struggling with unemployment. We lost our job during this pandemic. And some of us are asking questions and we're saying, Lord, why? I am so faithful. I've been serving you faithfully. Why am I going through these challenges? And my friend, we don't have all the answers this morning. But one thing that I do know is that he is the only God who has wounds. We serve a God who has wounds. 
He suffers with us and he suffered for us. There is no other God you can look at who came down and suffered for us. So even though we might not have the answers, we can look to Jesus who suffers with us. And even right now, the Bible says that he is in heaven and he's making intercession for the saints according to the will of the Lord. So God will keep you this morning. So this morning, in view of Christ's phenomenal example, we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We need to look curiously into the gospel. The Bible says that the angels look curiously into the gospel and we must work the salvation out. And the beautiful thing about it is that God is working with us. We don't have to do it alone. The Bible says, greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. So even as we are working it out, God works with us. We are able to work it out because God himself is at work in and amongst us. Now that does not mean that God is doing it for us, but that God supplies the necessary empowering both to will and to do. And that is so powerful that God is not just watching from heaven and he's saying you work it out yourself. God is walking alongside us and he's working on the inside of us to get the job done until we become perfected in Jesus. Remember, Paul wrote this letter from prison. The circumstances he found himself in did not hinder him from speaking life and encouragement. And I know it can be hard to speak life in the midst of death. I know it can be very difficult to speak words of encouragement when you are discouraged. But let us look at Paul. Let us look at his example. He was in prison and he wrote these letters encouraging the churches. We must not allow the challenges of life to paralyze us. We must not allow our circumstances to, to silence us from speaking and, proclaim, and proclaiming the glories of the Lord. The saints in Philippi were living under constant threat. Who knows, some might have been martyred for the faith. And now in the days that we are living in, we find ourselves also under threat. And that threat might not necessarily be physical. Our threat might be social. Because of the stand that we take to Jesus, that the stand that we take for Jesus, some people might want to socially martyr us. Some people will, will want to disassociate themselves from us because of the stand that we take. But I want to encourage you this morning, the Bible calls us the salt of the earth. We are called the light of the world. So we must not be ashamed of the gospel, even as Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. When you experience God's power, you will not be ashamed. So this morning we must take heart, we must look up to the heavens, we must look to Jesus, because Jesus is the answer for the season. In closing, I just want to encourage us this morning. I want to encourage you, Rick Road. Do not fear. God is with you. And I'm excited that you guys are going to be back in the building next week. For those of you who are eligible and you can make it, go to church. Go to the building. Don't fear. Obviously, you will be following the protocols with regards to safety. But there's no substitute for the gathering of the saints. So I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what is God going to continue to do in your life. And let's look at the book of Philippians. I want to encourage you, read the book of Philippians this week and let's see how Paul encourages the church in Philippi to stand together in unity. For where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Amen. So in closing, uh, before I pray, I just want to encourage you and let you know this morning that God is for you. Irrespective of what you're going through, I know it's been tough. It's been, it's been a challenge for everyone. Pastors included, church leaders included. It's been tough for everybody. But this morning we serve a God 
who will never leave us nor will you forsake us. So wherever you are right now, whether you might be sitting in your lounge, some of you might be sitting in your car, wherever you're listening from this morning, I just want to pray for you. If you are sick, I can ask you to just put your hand on the place where you're sick. If you want to lay your hands on your chest, on your head, wherever, whatever it might be, we are going to pray together this morning and trust God for your healing. Those of you who are discouraged, we're going to pray and trust God that he will lift up your spirit this morning. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your church. I thank you for your people. I want to thank you that there's power in prayer. Your word says that your arm is not too short. Your word says that your ear is not too heavy. We want to thank you that you are a God who answers prayer. And Father, it's been challenging. It's been tough for a lot of people. But we want to thank you that you are faithful. You are a faithful God. Your mercies are new every morning. So Father, I pray for that person that is sick this morning. I pray for that person that is discouraged. I pray for that person that is despondent. I pray for that person this morning who has had thoughts of wanting to walk away from the faith. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you will lift them up. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will visit them right in their living rooms, in their bedrooms, Father. I pray that they will dream again, Lord God. In the midst of this pandemic, I pray that people will have dreams and visions, Lord God, that people will rise up in power, that, Father God, that they will become witnesses in this season, Father God, that, Father God, the unbelievers will look upon them and say, hey, what is going on with you? You've been walking in darkness. Now, all of a sudden, we see this ray of of light shining over your face, and you will have the opportunity to let them know that it's all about Jesus. So, Father, I pray that, Father God, we will rise up as your children in the season, that we will become the salt, that we will become the light, Lord God, and that people, Lord God, will find themselves flocking into your house, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus for that person this morning who is trusting you for employment, those, Lord God, who are looking at the cupboards that might be empty and they're saying, Lord, where am I going to get my next meal from? Father, I want to thank you that you will assign your angels. I want to thank you, Lord God, that your, 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 your servants will never go begging for bread this morning. So I thank you this morning, Father. I even pray for every person, Lord God, in this community, in this area of Toti, Father. I want to thank you, Lord God, that we will see an outpouring of your spirit and you will use, Father God, men and women from Rick Road and surrounding churches, Lord God, who will rise up and go into people's homes and pray for them and people will be healed because of the name of Jesus. So we thank you and we give you praise for all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you so much, Rick Road Church, for allowing me the opportunity to speak to you. God bless you. Hopefully, I'll see you again next time in person. Amen.